not the ground game. We've actually built the practices that people aspire to create. History will prove one of us correct. Wait, 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 wait. You're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I am flying solo without my partner, Peter Bolden, or the other two uh, uh, Fearsome Four members. And today I have the unique and distinct privilege of having Dr. Edgar, the ADA president. And in full disclosure, I had no idea you the president. So we just had a, we had a moment. I'm like, what's your role at the ADA? She's like, um, I'm the, I'm the president. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing I'm like being prepared. I'm still myself a little bit too. So. Yeah. And, and then you said something interesting, which I just want to bring up right before we hit record is like, I'm not the normal president. And if you don't mind, <laughs> um, Linda, tell me why you said that. Well, uh, I'm the fifth woman elected in 160 years. The last woman was eight years ago. We've had, you know, five wonderful women uh, serve. So uh, it's a privilege and um, an honor. And we're hoping we can make a lot of things happen this year. So, oh, that's exciting. So, um, so, uh, like, like, uh, so, so, so tell me a little bit about your professional career, if we don't mind, because I, I, I would love to get some background. What, what was your professional career like before being in organized dentistry? Oh, um, well, I'm a little different okay. <laughs> in lots of ways. Uh, actually, I helped put my husband through dental school uh, early as a teacher. I taught junior high for seven years, which earned me a special place in heaven. And then I uh, <laughs> have teenagers. And, yeah, and I then do. I... <laughs> And then I taught high school honors chemistry for eight years. And it was actually my husband. There's another whole story behind this, but I was an athlete, crashed in an Ironman. And my husband went to the dental school and got an application and said, I think you should apply. You'd be good at this. And I was going to go to medical school, another whole story behind that. So I did apply at age 36 and uh, started dental school at age 37 with a 10-year-old. So that uh, that was tough. I I will tell you, I almost quit my first year. But once I got out of dental school, I became involved in the Academy of General Dentistry, uh, starting master track programs. And because I'd been a teacher, that was easy for me. And then I got asked to be an officer in that state organization and then encouraged to be an officer for AGD. In the early 2000s, I was national secretary for two, two terms, which is four years, and then president for four years. You have a four-year run-up term. That finished 10 years ago. And then it was my husband again who said, you should run for ADA trustee. So wow. I did. That was... Uh, see five years ago now and I, I did run uh, I was opposed and um, it worked out and so I was a, a trustee for four years at the ADA level and then now was encouraged to run by actually five women wrote me letters and said if not you then who if not now then when and without them. their encouragement I would not have run well, it sounds like a true servant leader. You know, you you get called to serve, and you have to do it. You know, it's not always up to us. Um, sometimes we do it for the for the ones that believe in us. That's cool. So, um, a little bit about um, how this conversation came about. So, I was a podcaster at the ADA convention back in Orlando, and um, I'm a third generation dentist. And my dad was always a card carrying ADA member, and as I was for a really really long time. Um, and in full disclosure, as much as this may potentially disappoint you, I stopped paying my ADA dues like two years ago. Um, and that's after like paying for 21 years because I just, and again, I don't have my ear to the ground of organized dentistry and it, and it was maybe out of an, a lack of understanding. So forgive me if I don't understand, but for me, I couldn't understand what the ADA was doing for me. And it drove me to that point. And when I saw these massive amount of people at the ADA convention, and I contemplated the fact that I'm no longer an ADA member, I, I said to somebody, is there somebody from the ADA that I could podcast here with at the Orlando meeting? And they said, no, there's not, but we can put you in touch with somebody. And that's how this came to be. And up until 
you know, five minutes ago, I thought I might be talking with <laughs> the, the lowest possible member of the totem pole. <laughs> and here I got you. So, uh, but I, but I, I have a feeling if, it, if I'm thinking this way, I wanted to give an honest evaluation of what is the ADA doing? Why was it a big mistake that I know that I dropped my membership after all these years? And what, what it, you know? What are the changes you're looking forward to to doing? And 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 I'll, I'll I'll give you a chance to speak, but I want to put one more layer on this too. What got me upset with the ADA is I felt as though I couldn't understand what it was. I felt like dentistry was under attack from whatever it is, from um, you know corporate pressure or. Um, I just didn't feel like like the ADA was coming to my defense as an individual personal dentist. And then on top of it, I was, and again, I could be totally wrong. So I'm, I'm, I'm be very hopeful if you completely make, turn me into minced meat in the next comments. But I felt like when I, when I would talk to the ADA representatives around, they would say like, well, we can get discounts on gloves or discounts on your car insurance or whatever. And it felt like very lateral to me. So I went on the ADA website and I saw like, how to get discounts on Hertz rental cars or travel. I'm like, I don't need the ADA to do that. I need the ADA to protect dentistry. And I must be, I, I could be very naive here. And I, I, I have a feeling I you am. Very, I, I, I know it. I know I'm walking willingly in here, Linda. I'm walking willingly in. But listen, if I feel that way, I'm sure there's you know a couple other of our listeners that are either thinking, Craig, you're an absolute moron, which I probably am, or you know we need to stand together and, and support the ADA because it's our lifeline. So um, I know there was a lot and I'll be quiet now. Okay, so here I go. Here you go. <laughs> you, you are not the only one. You know, I'm I'm on a lot of these uh, Facebook groups and I read the comments. ADA doesn't do anything for us. Um, you know, I'm having problems with insurance. Why does an ADA do something for me? So if you don't mind, I would like to give you a little bit of background uh, about what ADA does, because our biggest challenge, and I ran on this, um, we need to improve three things in ADA. We need to improve connections. Our members need to know we have their backs personally. We're here for you when you have your tough times. And I'll let you know about that in a minute. Collaborations with other groups, which we are doing and um, communication. What we do the worst at is letting our members know what we do. And when I was AGD secretary, I actually bulleted all the things from every board meeting that we did and sent that information out to all the members. So that gave our members an idea of all the things that we discussed, the money that we appropriate for different things that do help protect you in this profession. So let me ask you this question. Do you use materials in your practice? Are you a practicing dentist? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. Do you and use of course, materials yes. in of your practice, like composite? Uh, most people don't use amalgam anymore, but um, all of them, sundries, equipment, um, hand pieces, um, CBCTs, radiology equipment, CBCTs, everything. Yes. All of it. Well, guess, guess who tests all those for safety? to protect you and your patient. Guess who tests all of those things? Um, well, I, I would imagine since I'm talking to the ADA president, the ADA. <laughs> <laughs> the ADA. The ADA spends about 1.2 million a year testing all the products, especially new products that come, that you're using in your practice that could your, um, your patients could be allergic to. You yep. could create a burn. Uh, we test those products that are coming out to make sure that you, your patients are safe and you are safe using them. Okay, um, I have an, I have a sorry, I have a question for yeah, you right there. Sure. Sorry for the uh, uh, interruption. Did you guys yeah. text test the Lava Crown product by 3M back in the day? I don't know specifically okay. if because I have a yeah. I have a story about that, and again, I mm -hmm. don't think it's no. I to my knowledge, well, it's no it's longer back in use. In the day, we probably need to go on to the future. <laughs> well, I'm just but, saying this is this is yeah. this is another thing I talk about. I yeah. always say, and again, it might be because I'm I'm not uh, uh, versed and understanding this well enough, but 
I say it's a travesty or there's a hole in the fact that the product designers, the, um, the, um, the, the manufacturers for dental materials don't test as well as I think they should. Yeah. Uh, my, I- my, my Patterson rep, my shine rep, my, my big supply house rep comes in and says, Hey, wait till you try out this Targus Vectris material or wait till you try out this lava crown. It's the best thing ever. And, and I what was, year was that? What year was that? So, so lava, lava Roughly. crowns, I'm going off of memory and someone can comment below, but I believe it was like, like 2007 to 10, right in yeah. that range. What happened yeah. just for you, just for those that don't, were are not old timers like me that don't understand is 3M said, this is a great product and 3M is an amazing company. So I'm not throwing shade on 3M at all here, but they brought out this product and the bonding protocol was recommended. And I did tons of them on everybody that was important because all my patients are important. And, and we came to learn that it wasn't a good product. And there was, I'm, I'm just speaking off the top of my head, there was some sort of lawsuit. I wasn't part of it, but I know it was pulled from the market and a lot of mine had to be redone. And it was really unfortunate. Same thing with other other materials and other products. And I actually feel like when when a brand new product comes out, I don't have a lot of confidence. I fear that the beta testing, the true long-term beta testing, because I've been in dentistry for 25 years. I know maybe not as long as some of the listeners are you, Doc, but I fear that there's a lot of learning that happens in situ and it's hard for us. Right. And I think that's one of the things ADA is trying to get better at. Um, we do have a a full you know, group that is testing zirconium strength. I mean, obviously every single little product can't be tested, but we that's part of what ADA does for you. We don't just, you know, we're not just standing over on the sidelines and hoping everything you use is good. We have just um, merged with Forsyth Institute. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, Boston, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge research uh, group. Uh, we have... Uh, acquired that group. And so we, in doing that, we're helping them with their business uh, propositions, uh, increasing efficiencies for them. It's a true merger. This is going to increase the research capabilities for us. I mean, just hundreds of times. It's a huge opportunity. Uh, We will be spending about the same amount of money, which is 10 million a year to do research on everything, including AI, including robotics, including you know things that we're gonna see in the future. So most people don't know that ADA is involved in what you use every day. I mean, and that goes to individual dentists, it goes to corporate dentists, it goes to everybody. Um, so that's just one thing that we do. If I can move over to the advocacy part, because- Absolutely. Do you mind if I just bring up the, because I I said something, I just want to make sure that I'm uh, factually correct here. So I just read March 27th, 2019, 3M settled the dental crown case for 33 million. It was a class action lawsuit brought over alleged defects in Lava Ultimate Dental Crown product. And that, that's what it was. It was it was filed and and thirty three mil, thirty two point five million dollar settlement for dentists who experienced at least one debonding, and and that was something that after that happened because I was a young dentist that you know uh, at the time I was really you know bright eyed and excited about the future and there was so much hype around the product and it was it was it took over the industry in my experience that was a revolutionary product, and to have that level of failure was like the first like like Nick in my confidence, like who's protecting us? Who's got us? And that was on the heels of another product, which will remain nameless because I don't I don't want to go looking up that while I'm talking to you about that. But there was several times in my history where I'm like, oh my gosh, we are out here alone. No one's yeah. no one's testing this stuff. And the yeah. 3M case that I just cited was a major thing for me. I was not part of that lawsuit. Well it makes you look like a fool. I mean yeah, when you it does. do the procedures. It, I know it, I I've had that, ha- you know, I practiced for 30 years. I, I did all every procedure practically, including, you know, oral surgery and the whole bit. Uh, so I I really do. And, and I'm not saying we test everything, but I think we have bumped up the investment in helping 
practicing dentists be safe with their products. But if and, you consider- and with these, there's a, an actual meeting where people come from all over the world with companies where we talk about the the products and you know how they should be. I mean, Amalgam, when it first came out, fell out of everything it did. I don't know if you knew that. That was oh. years and years and years ago. Well, it's and, of, and yeah, ADA, ADA is the one that actually developed the, the compound that worked. And so, you know, I, I'm honors chemistry. I've got a good chemistry background. So I know that, you know, one little change can make a difference. I'm allergic to methyl methacrylate personally. And I get burns when I when I have a cement used uh, to cement a crown uh, with methyl methacrylate, I get a burn. So those things happen and you can be sued by your patients if you harm them. So that's a big part of what we do that most people have no clue we do that part. Yeah. And that's just a very small part. Yeah, right, but if, if you're saying one a million and a quarter, one point two five million dollars, I think was the number you said for for testing a if year, you look at, yes but if you look at this Plus, I, well that's just the the meeting that where people meet and all of that we spend 10 million a year on research for products and and and, yeah. and my understanding is that like i don't know the size of the dental product industry but i could imagine just based on the size of dentistry and how you know the tens if not 100 billion dollar industry that we are i just wonder if you know what I would love to see is, um, I guess, an audited report of those products that have gotten their ADA seal and how many turned out to be good or bad or, you know, I I, I don't know. Because I, I, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm being harsh and putting in the seat here, but I think it's a valuable conversation. It's an open no, and honest conversation. I was a 21-year card car- yeah. yeah. I just would love to see... Um, a better understanding of that and, and what it means to pass that rigorous, if that test is rigorous. And there's so many independent organizations that test things beyond the ADA. And I've actually lost a lot of faith in them too, like getting those, I don't want to name names, but the, this type of seal of approval from this place and that as, de- as a dentist, I'm like, oh, why I got to beta test things in my own hands. Um, and I, I granted each provider has a success and failure rate with every different, you know, some people like one composite versus another, but I, I do believe there needs to be a higher level of understanding that there's a governing body that's really watching our back and the companies. And, are and we're powerful. trying to be that we have uh, people just like you that are beta testing all the products, I mean, right. and giving us information. So, so that's one, one piece that ADA does. The second piece we spend a fair amount of money on is uh, insurance issues. Uh, Four years ago, the House of Delegates passed a resolution to um, put money specifically toward insurance legislation. And you probably realize it's a state issue. This isn't a federal issue, although we're trying to work with something called ERISA right now, which um, we're trying to look to see how we can do a fe- federal legislation with that. We now spend about two million a year, and what we do is states apply for uh, grants, basically, to help them uh, work with legislators uh, on state legislation. And so far, I, I mean, we've we've passed, I think it's two hundred and forty-two laws in the last four years to help you with um, your dental insurance issues. People say, we don't do anything for insurance. Well, we gave Massachusetts um, 5.5 million, plus we raised another 2 million from individuals and states. So up to 7 million to pass the um, the MLR, the medical yeah, loss yeah. ratio that was a big deal bill, for us. Yeah. which is a huge deal. And, and what this is, uh, for those of you that don't know is, insurance companies need to spend, I think it's 83% of what the patient pays back to them. And if they don't, the patient gets reimbursed. And so what this does is it actually encourages insurance companies to give you a better reimbursement. Ultimately, we're looking at that. We have 20 more states as of last year, just one year after we passed that, that have moved uh, MLR legislation. And this has to be legislation with teeth. It can't just say, oh, report to us what you do. It has to say you give the reimbursement to the patient if you don't meet that 80, 83% level. So I know 
a lot of people are really behind this. We are spending a lot of money on this, a lot of staff time, uh, which doesn't even fit into the two million we're talking about. Uh, we just got through with uh, the lobbyist conference uh, in uh, a week ago or so, where they discuss all of these things. They bring all the state lobbyists together and discuss what we do. We have um, formats that states can use. So if, if one state is successful, then they can help another state do the same thing and be successful. And we've passed laws on downcoding, you know, downcoding where they, if you do a pulpotomy, you can't get paid for the restoration. I mean, you know, things that get pulled by insurance companies that just aren't fair. Um, Non-covered services where if- Yeah, they don't do, cover an implant. Know, yeah. And I will tell you that um, I think almost 100% of the states now have passed a non-covered services bill. Uh, network leasing, where you'll be, you'll have an insurance company where they, um, they switch to another insurance company. Well, now they have to tell the dentist because there might be different benefits from that insurance company, you know, different reimbursement situations. Those are just a few things. That's advocacy. Yeah, I, my question, I, I'd love to ask a follow-up question, so I appreciate this. Sure. I guess the overarching um, thing I'm kind of going at is what I what I call, and it's commonly cor called to corporate capture. And I wonder, you know, when we look down, when I look at, you know, the future of dentistry, and I see rising costs of, of dental school debt, and then I see a flattening of the dentist salary. You know, it's um, yeah. th there's more money being made in dentistry. Dentistry is expanding rapidly. The net dollars spent on dentistry are moving up into the right. The mm -hmm. dental education costs are moving up into the right. And what I see for average dentist salary, it's flattening. So who's get, getting all the money? And I, I know insurance companies are making a ton. I know the... Um, the, the dental supply companies are making a ton. And I wonder, is there corporate capture? Is there is there insurance influence on the ADA? Is there DSO influence on the ADA? Because at the ADA- There's no, I mean, when people say on, on social media that we're getting paid by the insurance companies- Well, I don't think, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't suggest that. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, yeah. that's over, but are there, is there, are there board, are there board positions that insurance companies have in the ADA? I'm just asking. Um, no, nothing like that. No, 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 no. The Good. answer is no. Good. Uh, you know, this, there's a lot of lies on social media. Well, listen, so in the absence me, of information, you know? <laughs> in the absence, yeah. you know, in the absence of information and a really yeah. clear communication yeah, strategy, that, that's, that's people a fill conflict of interest. Yeah. Right. But no. people fill in the blanks. Yeah. So if it was like, no, I understand that. That's so, why I'm talking to you today. <laughs> right. Right. And that's why I'm asking these hard questions. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, fine. I didn't know how you would answer that. I, yes. I you know, but, uh, and what about education too? Like, you know, when you're talking about advocacy and, and you know, what about at a certain point with dental school, edu cost, cost of dental education, it pains me to say this because I have a family history of dentistry, but can I look at a young individual going to dental school and tell them confidently, this is a good investment for you. Because, you know, if yeah. how does yeah. one know if they're going to be average or not average? Uh, but if you look at the average dental salary, which to me, I think I hear like $182,000 yes. and then mm -hmm. the average cost of education and the compounding debt, is it a good idea to tell our, to tell our young colleagues to go into our profession that we love so much? Well, we, we do know that, you know, the rising cost of dental education is a huge pain point. We actually are bringing deans into our board meeting in February. We started meeting with the deans last year. You know, uh, Dr. Ray Comia, who's our executive director, is a former dean from Oklahoma, an amazing uh, person who is very smart. And we are going to be creating a task force on reducing the cost of dental education. What's because, driving it north? What's driving it? Well, the the story I get is that the states used to help fund the dental schools. Now there's nothing, and they still have to run the dental schools. This is this is the information we have received, and so you still have to pay for them. That is why the tuition has gone up. 
Um, I don't know whether faculty get paid more. It could be that they couldn't get faculty, so they have to. I know, and I'm from the University of Washington. That's where I graduated. Very involved with the school. I know some people have been hired at double the salary that some of the existing faculty have been there and getting just because they can't get people to, you know, I mean, if you're making more as a private practitioner, people would rather do that than teach. So there's all those factors that are weighing in, but there, there are some creative ideas like instead of using brick and mortar labs and clinics in the dental schools to use, to train in FQHCs to help increase the access to the general public uh, there's a new school in Washington State, um, in Eastern Washington, that that's where they're doing going to be doing their clinical training is not in a brick and mortar, but in the the existing FQHCs and community clinics. So you're not only helping. I mean, your dental schools help you know the population as they bring people in. Yeah. But if you're paying for a brick and mortar, I mean, it's millions and millions of dollars to build something like that. And so that's you know one of the ideas. Um, we have several deans that are very interested in this topic for obvious reasons. And I, I like you, believe that we're at a tipping point. I mean, the yeah. the tuition the tuition can't continue to go up. Well, even if it never, even if it plateaued, even if it just plateaus and never increases with inflation, it's getting to a point where it's really precarious. Um, And 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 low repayment programs. I mean, they've been out there, but not as prolific as they could be. That's something we're doing at the federal level with HRSA, uh, asking for more uh, funding for uh, loan repayment programs for people going into underserved areas for so many years. We've always had that kind of program, but it's sort of dwindled. Uh, that kind of thing really helps, and it gives a new dentist um, experience that they might not get otherwise. You know, um, especially improving their speed, stuff like that. So that is a major for my year. That is a major piece that we're going to be really concentrating on. Um, as far as there's other ways to. Um, help your bottom line. And, you know, people say that the DSOs are coming in and taking over. Well, that might be another topic you're going to bring up, but that that is not really happening. What's happening is the many practices are coming together and forming multi-group practices so that they can get a better cost on their equipment and their, you know, their products. And that really helps the, their bottom line. I, I um, would like to add something that's to that. That's what's growing. Yeah. I, I yeah. think the reason for that is not just for scale and consolidation of cost. I think, um, you know, again, I went to Tufts Dental School, graduated in 1998. So I'm a very, um, I'm probably not the average listener on this podcast. Our average listener is a lot younger, but everywhere I go, I always ask the same question how much time or education did you get during your dental school uh, speaking of anything to do with running your business? And unfortunately it's a consensus. It's always zero hours, zero minutes. Um, So we wind up going into dental dentistry, graduated dental school. There is a narrative that's pervasive in our industry that the gold standard is for you to own your own business, own your own practice. And it's no wonder that when we look holistically at dentistry, we're top of the pack in drug drug abuse, depression, suicide. We're not doing well holistically as a profession. Uh, You know, I'm fortunate. I love what I've created for myself. My father was a very successful, happy dentist, fulfilled dentist. I'm sure you had a great career. But if we look at our profession, we're not doing well. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of like my mantra for the bulletproof thing and why we created this is because I'm looking around, I'm like, oh my word, like every, this is a disaster. Like, what can I do? Okay. I got my butt kicked. I had to learn hard lessons. Why don't I just get a microphone and see if anybody's listening? And that's kind of how this is growing. But um, it's, it's really, uh, I think that the narrative that's so pervasive that obviously is there, there is a big business interest. The supply houses are incentivized to sell everybody five chairs. The banks are all there. Oh, you're a dentist. Here's zero percent. You know, we'll yeah. they'll loan mm-hmm. us 110 percent of our money. Like most banks right. will not do that because us as dentists, we don't default on our loans. And right. I think it these all these confluence of factors paired with the idea that we don't have training, business training, 
leaves us in a position where we get the gold standard of everything we want and we're not actually making money. When I talk to dentist doc and we look at their numbers and we boil it all down, they'd be better working for one of those multi-groups and getting their 28 yeah. to 33% than the, than the going through the pains of owning their own business. So it's, it's, um, I, I love dentistry like you. I'm a, um, I, I, it's a, it's a passion of mine and I'm really worried about it. Yeah. I'm and really, I'm worried really about worried. it too. I mean, about the, especially now that, I mean, there are at least half women and half men. A lot of times they'll meet in dental school, get married, and you've got double the debt. I mean, that's, you know, even a, a bigger problem. So one of the things we are doing is we actually have an accelerator series that talks about financial planning and, you know, how people can be better with their money that um, people can go into the dental schools and give. We have to be invited. And again, the fact that Ray has been a dean, he's going around to all the dental schools and communicating that this interest, not all deans are pro ADA for whatever reason. And so now he's creating a better relationship with the school. So we're building a bridge, a better bridge with ASDA, which is the student organization. Yeah, I'm very familiar. Letting with it. them know we're helping. You know, we're here to help. We're going to the uh, the meetings that ASDA has. I'm going to one with about 300 student attendees um, later in, uh, in January, I think. And we have a lot of uh, CE about financial planning, how you can actually start a practice on your own what loans are all about, how important it is to save at least a little bit right out of the box. I mean, just the basic stuff that you think people understand, but they don't necessarily know. Don't don't feel like you have to wear a thousand dollar outfit. I mean, you can be just as successful buying something that costs a hundred dollars versus five hundred dollars or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I we also have an ambassador program. You mentioned suicides and all of that. We've developed an ambassador program. Dr. Brett Kessler, who's the president-elect, is very into this. He will be continuing this. He's had his own journey where he needed help at a certain time that he'll share maybe with you at some point. But the ambassador program, you know, we've had some suicides in our in our um, our history. Um, I was the president of AGD in 2013 when Jawan Lee killed herself because she was told she was the president of ASDA. She was told she wasn't going to graduate. And then she was told she was, and then she was told she wasn't. And I mean, she was, a came from a family of high expectations and I guess that's yeah. it. She just couldn't take it. So you know, I don't Doc, ever I want think, that to happen again. You know? I think just, just for food for thought again, you know, I, I just have one perspective and I'm sure there's many, but I, I actually think by virtue of our training, um, it, it's setting up a feeling of being alone. So yes. my friends who are medical doctors, this is something I noticed in medicine. It is you and me as doctors work together to fight Mrs. Jones's cancer. And we tell Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, you have cancer, but we're going to do these things. And this is what it would be. And these are your chances of a successful outcome. I think dentists say oftentimes you have TMJ pain pay me this money, I will take your disease away. So we own the disease as well. Yeah. So when we fail, when we put a mouth of beautifully fitting restorations in someone's mouth, but they haven't erased their habit of eating candy corn all night, and it fails mm -hmm. in three years later, patients look at us like we did something wrong, when in actuality, it's the biology and the behaviors of the patient that caused our failure. And also our failures lie in a micron. So uh, success and failure just is a couple of microns. And if your exactly. patient sneezes or just decides to cough or, you know, you're, you're either, it's a binary thing. You're either failure or success. And our training, at least my training, I'm, again, I'm a dinosaur here, but when we trained together and my school was fantastic, prepared me so well for school, it was a very competitive environment of class rank. It wasn't co-diagnosis. It wasn't us rounding together, meeting patients. We did our thing. And then it, the whole way in which we were taught was very competitive. We all knew each other's rank. And again, it might be totally different now, but it was a very close, like, don't look over my shoulder. Don't do, look at what I'm doing. And then that kind of sets us up to go practice solo, which is what most of us do. And then we, we don't have an outlet to communicate freely. 
And I think the way medical doctors, I never went to medical school, but I've seen, you know, the TV shows and I've been a, a patient in the hospital. And I've seen groups of doctors come in together and round together and learn together. Yeah. And, and learn wonder, together. Yeah. And I wonder where that is for us yeah. in our schooling. Well, we, you know, we have, I mean, at the local level, we have study clubs, a lot of study clubs. I started a study club when I got out. I started one, you know, I was in one for ADA, I was in one for AGD hands-on courses. Uh, we brought our problems cases to the group. So valuable. Uh, we were honest about our failures. I mean, I started, boom, right out of school. I, I started the group. I said, I'm the most novice person in here, but I want everybody to be honest. And the students will tell you that they don't want a course where you get up and you show all your perfect cases that you've, you know, Photoshopped six times. Well, that's I mean, social media, doc, frankly yeah. speaking, everybody has yeah. this thing full mouth, fr full mouth Friday. So on Fridays, yeah. the in Instagram of all my dentist friends is showing that they're doing full mouths. Imagine how you feel like I, I only have, maybe if I'm lucky, a full mouth in February, never mind full yeah. mouth Friday every week. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very yeah. difficult for these younger people that are seeing this level of advanced dentistry and feeling inadequate. And it's, um, I think there's well, so much people lie. I mean, people lie. I mean, people I know they do. say they don't make any mistakes. And I, that's one thing I say to these students. I say, if people say they're perfect and they've never broke a file or broke a root tip, they're lying, Yeah, you know, don't or have everything go perfect yeah. or have um, everything go perfect and still have right. the patient upset with you. Upset with you. you. Know? My first case was like that. I didn't tell the wife. He threw his credit card at me for two years and we did a full mouth and I was so happy. And I worked with my husband who'd been in practice for 16 years. This was my first year out. I was so proud of that case that the day we seated it, I had bought them a gift certificate to a restaurant so he could eat steak. He brought his wife in. She was so angry at me because she hadn't been informed. So what did that teach me? You do a full mouth case and they have a wife or a husband. You sure bring that person in and make sure they know. I mean, just that was a failure of mine, even though the case turned out well. You know, the yeah. communication was a failure. So yeah, there's a lot of into, little pearls. Yeah. Yeah. And we got into dentistry to help people and we want to serve exactly. them. We're healthcare providers. Yeah. And for them to lash back out at us, like, how dare you do this? Like it's a, mm -hmm. it's a really, it's, it's very heavy. Dentistry is so heavy and there's so many things coming at it. And I, I don't think that the DE, DSOs are attacking us by any means because um, I, I see, I see a rising tide floats all ships and having well-run DSOs. I mean, maybe the ones that were around decades ago are very different from what we have now. And I'm friendly with some of the um, DSO uh, uh, operators and actually friends with the president of the ADSO, Sulman Ahmed, wonderful, yes, wonderful, uh, one, wonderful guy. And he's really, he's a dentist. He cares about dentistry. And, but I, I, I do believe that there should be somebody there to fiercely help the independent dentist, because let's face it, if DSOs can get a reimbursement of blank dollars from, you know, Acme insurance company, and they can buy their clear aligners of blank dollars. It's not a matter no. of if it's a, when consolidation will overtake everyone, you know, and I, I, you know, I know it might take a hundred years, but it, those forces um, are at work and uh, I want to protect the dentistry in all of its, all of its manners, because I think it's, the most beautiful profession because it can be exactly what you want it to be. You could be the solo practitioner or the multi-doctor owner, or maybe you want to be a housewife and only work, you know, three clinical days a week. You could be a great dentist and a great mother and all that has such beautiful flexibility. Yeah, it's a wonderful profession. And I really, it's the middle group. It's the, it's the several practices that bond together, but are still their individual practice but they can get an economy of scale. We just had a presentation on that at our dental practice council. Um, this person's been doing it for a long time. Uh, we have uh, people in leadership that are in multi-group practices. Uh, and then, you know, the DSOs, I think, have improved because we're demanding that improvement as far as patient treatment and not having a, you know, production uh lid that the people have to get to if they have a tough case it's going to take longer blah 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 so I, you know as an ada you know we treat we help all dentists and that we get crucified for going to the dso meetings because we're 
they say we are um, selling out to the DSOs. Well, we're not selling out. We're going there to learn, to talk to the presidents, like you mentioned, and find out you know, how it works, because most of us are private practitioners. I, my husband and I, uh, we had a 12-chair practice. We worked with one or two associates for 30 years, and we were very successful. And I, I don't think that's ever going to go away, because you have patients that want that one-on-one personal, I know your kids, I know you're this, you're that. I don't think that's ever going to go away. And I hope people realize that ADA is there to support all dentists, especially with insurance improvement. I mean, that is going to help every kind of dentist, not just the DSO group. Um, so, you know, it's and, and a by difficult the way, position to, to be in. Yeah. It is, it is, because I, I know you guys get crucified for that. And just to kind of another further point of clarity, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, contrast, and I'm sure you didn't do it intentionally, where it's like, know your family and go to that local dentist. The DSOs actually provide that. So when I went to school and I got out, it was like, never work for a DSO, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that was told yeah. to me. And the funny thing is, is I've talked to five separate dentists that called me in a panic where they were working for a local private dentist. And I'm sure this is rare and not common, but I happen to get five calls in the last like 120 days where, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be paid X percentage. And they just decided not to pay me at all. And I know one thing is for sure that a DSO of any scale would not do that. They couldn't do that. You can't yeah. be that big and do that. So so I, I am not a person that would ever say to a young dentist that's thinking about it to not work at a DSO, especially for a woman who's trying to balance everything, trying to be yeah. a good mother. And it's so difficult for the women out there. You know better than I. Yeah. You know, you stay home, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You work too hard. You're a goal, you know, you're 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 trying to it's it's a very delicate balance that the women have to have. And I think you could have a long, beautiful career at a DSO and know your patients and know the their grandkids. So I, I look to it as, um, and when I look at the economics behind most of the dentists I work with, most of them, unfortunately, when you boil it all the way down, the incremental profit they have by owning their practice, especially if they're a solo operator, not like what you and your husband had where there's other operators, as a solo operator, the incremental benefit of owning your practice is very small. So to yeah. to to do all that extra work on the business, at the end of the day, if it's just you, you are the business, that it might not be worth it. Yes. Um, and I so, think, you know, I mean, things evolve and what, you know, bubbles up to the top is what becomes most successful. And that's what we have to help our members and, and all dentists. We have to help educate them. We have several veteran leaders that have sold their practices to, to DSO or multi-practice groups and love it. They don't have to do the nitty gritty anymore, and and they're and they're working back, and they're getting paid very well, you know the EBITDA and all of that. that yeah, I'm not really sure we understand, but so <laughs> you know, there's we have to continue to learn, and we have to continue to relay to our dentists what the pros and cons are of doing things. And there are, like you just said, there's some really good multi-site practices. And there are a few that aren't so good, but I think those are learning how they can yeah. be better so yeah. they can be successful too. I think the binary idea that DSO bad, private good, there's a lot of nuance to that. Um, yeah. Because I just think- Well, thank you point- for saying that because yeah. we get crucified every time we have a picture on social media. Yeah. No, uh, I know, yeah. I know. But I mean, that's just the yeah. communication. I mean, it without without clear- communication to the dentist, they're going to fill in the blanks and they're going to think big business, big this, big that. And frankly speaking, I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, I don't know what the relationships yeah. are, but I, but I do think, you know, it used to, it was, it's a very different dialogue now for me when a young dentist asked me and says, well, you know, I don't want to work for corporate, you know, I'm like, okay, well, why? Well, you know, I'm, you know, they're the bag. I'm like, well, you know, mm-hmm. I just know that any decent sized DSO, I'm not talking about a duct tape DSO, like whatever, many locations, but a proper DSO that's multi-state or multi, you know, sizable is not going to go and completely defraud their associates by just deciding I'm not paying you. Yeah. You know, well, like you just said, the associate, I mean, we were, we, we were approached to somebody wanted to buy our practice. I had gotten lip cancer and my husband was, you know, 
president of the Washington State Dental Association. And, and he, this person approached us and wanted to give us more than our production. No broker involved. We, he was a friend. We did it. I we went back as an associate. I'd never been an associate. And the contract that we drew up, I mean, we paid the entire lab bill. And so I found out if you pay the entire lab bill and your, your productive amount is 35%, guess what? You sometimes don't make a cent on that. So, you know, that's the kind of thing. I, I do have a course that I gave the, uh, the dental students on, you know, the 17 questions you should ask before you sign a contract for anyone as an associate or, a D, you know, working for a DSO, ask these specific questions. Yeah. you know, before you do that. And those you know, are the kinds of things that we provide. So. You know, it's interesting is one of those questions that might be on your slide deck, but it's like, find out the financial well-being of the practice you're working with. You know, I own some commercial real estate and when the local pizza shop wants to rent in my shopping center, even if the rent is only 800 or $1,000 a month, we get a snapshot of their finances. Yeah. And a lot of us dentists go to work for some dentist that they know. And I have a personal story of a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine who went to work for some dentist and guy drove a Ferrari and it looked amazing. Suddenly his clear liner cases are cash on delivery because the yeah. guy hasn't paid in 60 days and completely didn't pay him for forty, fifty thousand $50,000. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm asking the pizza shop to show me a snapshot of their bank balance, I, I wouldn't care if an associate wanted to see that to, the, to know the yeah. health of the business. I mean, that's very not important. Sometimes the Ferrari drivers are the most in debt because that's where they put all their money into <laughs> right, their car. Right. You know? right. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, it just don't go on first glance. It's not, I don't think it's inappropriate for an associate to say, hey, I'm a big earner. My last practice, I was collecting, you know, a million dollars or whatever. I just want to make sure you have the financial resources to pay me you know, yeah. 20, 30, $40,000 a month. Could, do you mind if I saw your business balances? I would feel or fine Or do you have that. enough work to give me? I mean, that's the other issue so that yeah. I am busy enough to do what I'm, yeah. you know. And, and furthermore, what type of associate are you looking for? Because I work with dentists who say, I want to get, get an associate. I said, well, what is the reason why you want the associate? And oftentimes there's nothing wrong with it. It's I like to do full mouth reconstruction cases and I don't want to do the quadrant dentistry. That's a very different associate that you want than yeah. if you if you your hands hurt and you have an FMR and full mouth practice and you want an associate to do that. Because oftentimes if you have an associate that wants to do the FMR stuff and you want to do it too, you're going to have an inclination to want to pluck those cases from your associate. The associate's going to be terribly upset. Exactly. And yeah. the, the, you know, no one kind of details that out. Like it's always like a, you know, I you know why I want an associate. I'm like, no, I have no idea. Because I mm -hmm. want them to do all the grunt work. And I'm like, okay, that's very different from what I'd want. But yes, so not these are fair important. either. Not fair. It's not. Well, <laughs> so, it's it's fine if it's yeah. disclosed ahead of time. Yeah. It's just not, yeah. it's not okay if it's not kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm sorry, I cut you and we went off on a tangent. What was the the last point? I know is advocacy and then the well, last. I, I mentioned, you know, the, um, the wellness, uh, big, huge wellness emphasis we have now. Um, we also have a lot of CE. We have over 300 webinars on demand. Uh, anything from training your staff to helping you with other kinds of decisions, pharmacology, all kinds of areas. Most people have no clue. I had no clue. I'd been paying my dues for 30 years and I didn't know until I got on the Dental Practice Council all that we have, those are free. And so, you know, there's a lot, I mean, and, and I don't have a list of things in front of me. I'm actually not home right now, but I just feel like, you know, we do a lot for dentists. Um, my, my goal is that we communicate what we do better this year. I'm hoping we can send these summaries that I'm going to do for after the board meetings and, after you know certain events happen to all the members and maybe even non-members so they can get a feeling for what the ADA is really here for them. We are here to have your backs. When I, I go to many states, I, I flew over 200,000 miles this year to different meetings. And almost every day, you know, every week I'm at two or three places and I give out my email and I'd like to do that here on your podcast because I want to hear the pain points of people that are non-members 
and maybe um, try to give them, educate them if they do have a misconception of what this organization is. Can you imagine during COVID if we hadn't had an ADA? Do you know what ADA did during COVID? You know what? I don't, to be honest with you. I'm you sorry don't? to say it, but I'm, I'm okay, being sincere. Did, I don't know. Okay. Did you get PPP money? Yes, I did. Yes. Guess who, who made that happen? How, how did the ADA, ADA do that? ADA made that happen because we convinced the, the government that we were essential. We also got you to be able to be open for emergency procedures because we convinced the government that we were essential. We also helped you get um, equipment by bringing in equipment from all over the world, your, your uh, gloves and masks. Yeah, personal protection equipment. Yeah, you would not have gotten that because the hospitals had it all. We provided a toolkit to get back to work that we provided to all dentists, even non-members. I don't know if you got that uh, toolkit and used it. A lot of non-members did. And you know what we heard after COVID? Why people didn't want to be a member? They said, you shut us down. Yeah. We did not shut you down. The governors shut you down. We kept you open. Without an ADA, you do, you have no one to protect you from things that come up, um, things that uh, people that have never used a handpiece, have never done dentistry, will all of a sudden decide that you need to treat so many Medicare or Medicaid patients. Do you know who protects you from that? the freedoms you have to choose to practice the way you want to practice. Do you know who protects you? The ADA. Yeah. ADA is a good answer. Well, listen, so, I, I, listen, you know, I know, I know when I look at medicine, I don't like what I see. Yeah. I know dentistry has got its challenges, but um, I, I, I don't like where medicine is at yeah. and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the AMA, uh, but as if if what you're telling me is that the ADA is going to help us maintain our freedom, then then it's almost like stop selling car insurance or getting a discount because it's it's trite. It makes the messaging not that you're selling car insurance. I don't want to say that, but but that there's a place on the ADA website where it's like, hey, do this and do that. Like consolidate the the message is my thought. Because like yeah. I, I want to make sure that it's it's an existential thing without an ADA, you know. And I know membership is not rising, you know. I know I, I, right from what I understand, right. membership well, is, right. is, and is it's declining. Mainly, it's mainly the new dentists that aren't joining because they right. don't see the monetary value. Right. Now, if we can do something to decrease the. Uh, for instance, the loan percentage amount that they pay on their loans, which yeah. we're working on this year also, uh, that would be huge. That could save them thousands and thousands of dollars. That right there is enough to join. Uh, and, and only the person that joins would be able to get involved with this. This is right. something we, that's on the, the cooktop. But it takes time to come up with all these things. And you're right. You know, ADA isn't about the Hertz discount and all of that. It's about all the things we've just been talking about. Right. Today. But it's, I, I think yeah. in, in the, in the um, spirit of extreme ownership and what you ran on, there's a communication issue, a massive, because commu a guy like me knows a lot yeah. more than the average. And I'm not saying that in a goic way, but I'm confused. And if yes. I'm confused, imagine how the 26 year old guy or girl that just graduating school is feeling overwhelmed. And when you go on the ADA and you go on the website and the homepage and what, you know, what you're seeing, it's not like, Hey guys, it's for us. It's by us and for us, like without a strong ADA dentistry is not the beautiful profession we love. It's convoluted. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm all, I, I love this conversation with you. I love your, your spirit. And I love that what you ran on, you know, mm -hmm. you knew it, you knew. No, I know it. I still know it. And I'm hoping to correct it. I'm, I mean, I've got a, the, the staff has got to send this. I would love to send, you know, some documents about what we do out to the non-members. So they get that really the $400,000 you're investing has got to be protected. And there's yep. no organization that can do that except us yep. because we have the money and we have the size. 
to make a difference at the legislative level, especially with insurance. There's no other organization that can help you with this. No DSO, no nobody. And yeah. we're working, literally, I work every day. Yeah. Pretty much eight to 10 hours a day. This is about mm-hmm. 100 hour a week job for well, the president, president-elect. And so I just feel like I'm hoping this year you will see an uptick in communication. Um, I've already sent out two president's letters. Did you see those? No. Probably not, not because you're a non-member. Yeah. So my hope is that we can, <clears throat> I mean, what's your feeling if we spread these letters out to non-members, you think people would read it? Well, what listen, we do? I, I can tell you, I don't know what they do, but mm-hmm. I can I can just, you know, as we're talking, um, um, going on the website, I'm going to share screen for a second. So we have the ADA, right? We have right. the Y join and I'm clicking through here. So I want to know membership impact, right? And again, it's just like, I'm just giving, you know, with all due respect, what I think is constructive criticism, you know, sure. but when Appreciate you go on membership impact, of course, there's empowered to thrive ADA local state. That's something that may be meaning you've got my back fueling the future. I get that. I might click on that, but then I got down here that take the wheel with Volvo, you know, like this is not a paid ad. This is like receive a thousand dollars off any new used vehicle. And the, you know, like that just, just cheapened down this. So you're of, saying, don't put that in the middle of the rest of the page. I'm just you saying like, like what we're talking about you and I is yeah. like, holy smokes, we have an existential threat to the career that you and I love because mm-hmm. without an ADA, we are lost and we will mm-hmm. be subject to the whims of all these big businesses. The businesses that frankly, people think you're conspiring with and you're not, I know it, you're right. not, you, you mm-hmm. stated you're not, I believe you. And then we have on the membership impact page, take a thousand dollars off your Volvo. Yeah. That's I not the it. impact I, of the ADA. I, I, you know, this kind of feedback is so valuable for me and I hope you will share my email. Can I say yeah, my email? Absolutely. So I'll put it show, show notes can as let well. me know, you yeah. know, because that's how we're improving. I will tell yeah. you even yeah. members and non-members. Yeah. So my email is easy. It's Edgar E D G. A-R-L, as in Lunda, at ADA.org. And I read every one of them that I get. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, mean, listen, the sacrifice that you're doing for dentistry, and I know this conversation at some points has, I hope it hasn't felt adversarial because I'm on the same page as you. I love dentistry. Everything you said, I get. Yeah. And, but what you're doing is, is, unbelievably generous for, for, you know, for taking your time and your energy to fly the amount that you're flying. I don't have the energy to do what you're doing. I'm doing it any way I can. And this is the microphones, the mechanism I choose to try to advance dentistry, but uh, I, I couldn't do what you're doing. And I, but I appreciate what you're doing. And I just want to see, I don't want to see people take shots at the ADA. And as yeah. a, I'm, I'm going to rejoin, I'm going to join, I'll join right. I will literally join, um, the beginning of next week. Um, you'll see my membership come through. Um, Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. no, because I believe in it, but again, this is a, this is an important conversation. And I think you got to get on a lot of these, a lot of the podcasts and talk to the younger listeners. And maybe, you know, there is a benefit to, you know, receiving a thousand dollars off your car, but that's not the impact. If that you were to scroll down a little bit further, you would get the one pager with the QR code, which opens up to a lot of the things I just told you about. A lot yeah. of the things ADA does for the members. No, I know. And I know. I, I, yeah. I know. I just, I so, think that the consolidation yeah. of the, the, there needs to be a re-messaging. There needs to be an exercise in that. And it, listen, if I can help in any fashion. Yeah. You can email me that so I can show it to my communications team. I absolutely will. I will. <laughs> I, I will actually that. email you this episode of the podcast and tell them to fast forward to the end when I start okay. talking about Volvo and I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> but listen, um, uh, Dr. Edgar, I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate your uh, willingness to come on. Um, I had no idea I was going to get the president. So obviously <laughs> I, uh, I, I went right to the top or maybe it's just your spirit of like, I'll take anything head on. And it sounds like that's the type of person yeah, you that's are. That's pretty much my spirit. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's and it's fantastic. I've done forty five marathons, so I'm I'm uh, pretty tough under this. Yeah, uh, well, it's, a marathon body. is just a marathon <laughs> is just a tolerance to pain. So you've had physical yeah. pain, you can handle the mental pain of trying to talk to knuckleheads like me who are <laughs> who are telling you you're in cahoots with the DSOs. But um, listen, I I encourage our listeners to reach out. It's Edgar L at ADA org. I'll put her. Um, her email in the show notes, but listen, I really appreciate what you're doing. You have my word. I'm rejoining the ADA. I had a 21 year membership. I've been on holiday for 24, 36 months, but I'll join back again as a gesture. So let me will. give you one more thing. If you Please. have a second, of course. so we're having a, we're having a contest. Anyone that recruits five dues paying members will be put into a drawing for a trip for two Hawaiian cruise. So you okay, can, so you can here's put your name do. in there as number one. Do it. Here's what I'm <laughs> going to do. So anybody that joins, because you're listening to this, use my name, Craig Spodak, and I don't want the cruise. I will give you the cruise, Linda, for what you're doing. So <laughs> I want anybody to join, use my name, use Craig Spodak as the name that inspired you to join. And we together are going to donate that cruise to you. Because you know what? You're traveling so much and you're working your tail off. You deserve well, you have a cruise. To, it's a drawing. It's not, it's a drawing. I understand. I understand. I, guess a drawing. I understand. But this podcast carries some weight. Yeah. Use my name. And uh, if I am lucky enough to win, I am giving it back to you. Okay. And you're sending me <laughs> pictures of you enjoying Hawaii. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Dr. Edgar, thank you for being here and thanks for uh, entertaining my uh, whirlwind of accusatory <laughs> questions and and uh, conspiracy theories. We appreciate you. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, Hope course. to see you in person sometime. You Bye-bye. will. I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs>